3: Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now.
1: Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast for an independent publishing company that explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Luke condor and I'm joined by Mr. Daniel Wilcox. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, Daniel. And we've got, um, you'll have to hang on just because I've got like a pretty big introduction for you here. Um, <laughs> so we're going to be talking to someone who I've watched from afar, uh, and I've just seen taking, like, he's taken giant step after giant step towards building like an incredibly... Amazing career in creative writing, and that's in games, films, and novel writing as well. He's the best-selling author of the epic fantasy series, Fords of Redemption, the urban fantasy werewolf series, Cursed Knight, the tough-guy urban fantasy series, Modern Necromancy, and he's the co-author of the vampire post-apocalyptic series, Reclaiming Honor. That's, um, he's co writes that with uh, our previous guest, Michael Underlay. He also writes video games, such as Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, and has sold and options uh, various screenplays, and... <laughs> He also co-hosts one of my favourite writing podcasts, Creative Writing Career, you really need to check that out, and he's a really cool guy, so welcome to the show, Mr. Justin Sloan. How's it going, Justin? Welcome, Justin.
2: Hello, thank you so much for having me, and um, I'm glad you say that about the podcast. I hope people aren't mad at me, we've been kind of slacking lately as far as getting episodes out with the life changes. So.
1: Yeah, I think, I think once you get so many out, you're allowed a few, you're allowed like oh, yeah, to skip yeah. a couple of weeks here and there. Yeah, That makes sense. Once you have like yeah. 70 or so, then you're safe, right? Yeah. but yeah. So I don't think people realize how much work it is to put out like a weekly podcast. It's it's killer. It's so killer. Yeah. 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 Especially Probably when you have like that. maybe 10 hours to write a week, and then you have to take up a couple of those to do podcasts. It's
2: just, uh yeah, it hurts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what's everyone been working on? What have you been working on, Justin?
2: Uh, yeah, working on <laughs> 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 <Big> <laughs> too many question. options. Yeah. Well, right now we're launching. So, we just launched a fantasy book, uh, the one with a new one with Anderle. So, with Michael Anderle, we have the four books in the Reclaiming Honor series that are like vampire post apoc Yeah. And now we have my first book in the Age of Magic series, which is part of his Criterion Gambit world still and it's magic it's basically fantasy uh it's magic paladins thinking that magic is evil and have declaring war on all magic users and and then the the main paladin's sister starts using magic so he's like ah crap yeah. he has to leave the paladins and he's kind of hunted down and stuff like that so
1: is that with um, the is that in the I can't remember the guy's names so it's, it's, it's it's i'm blanking but the guys who do the part-time writers podcast yeah that, yeah so s-
2: a... chris yeah CM Raymond that's and Lee one, Barbant yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. the one yeah. yeah so
1: they did the first 3 and they're about to release their
2: fourth and then pt hilton has one about to come out in the same world and then brandon barr and some other people uh K- candy crumb um some awesome awesome authors are gonna be releasing in there so it's gonna be pretty cool and they're all connected it's like pt and mine he has the people that'll show up in mine, and vice versa and then they're gonna join forces in like some book like book three or so so it's gonna be pretty cool i love uh, stuff like that yeah, yeah yeah i think it's really cool i've been talking about wanting to do that with him forever but we just couldn't figure out like a reason you know that had enough money behind it because we're both like yeah but that will take away from our other stuff but now it's like we know it's gonna do at least well enough so yeah but then uh the big thing that i'm working on is i'm trying to do something similar where i am kind of more of the dungeon master if if you were the show the (laughs) the kevin feige showrunner yeah Yeah, so i have a couple people that i'm working with who are doing most of the writing and i'm doing some of the writing yeah and uh Hey and that's a lot of fun. That's a sci-fi space marine time travel I think series. I've seen some
1: of the covers for those, and I think they're pretty awesome. If, if they don't want yeah, a big Yeah, good. yeah, it looks really
2: cool. Uh, we're, we've gone through like five different versions of covers, lots of different artists, because we keep getting one, and we're like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then he does yeah. the second, and we're like, yeah, well not that cool because <laughs> you know you see it at first and you're just thinking it's awesome but like you have a little bit of time behind it or you start showing it to people or you start thinking about what's actually in the market and what's going to be up against or you just start realizing that it's a lot more cartoony than you originally thought
1: mm. uh, and what yeah. am well, i mean all the ones i've seen have been pretty spot on so i'm sure whatever you Thanks. end up with it, it'll look cool yeah and it might just be us being really picky of our own stuff right you never yeah. you never know <laughs>
2: yeah. but like some of them we're going to just use for short stories and like we're going to do one free on insta freebie and we're going to do one on amazon for 99 cents and using those covers so they're still nice covers that we paid like 200 bucks for but you uh, paid
1: 200 bucks for those covers each
2: yeah uh, 150 plus 50 for the font yeah typography wow
1: so that's that's because me and dan were saying those covers like all of your covers are great to be honest mm-hmm. um like where, where are you finding these artists
2: yeah yeah i know some people <laughs> who pay lots of money for cover artists i I just can't afford it. So mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> so I spend a lot more time than I, and some people would say I should, like going through DeviantArt and looking at different artists on there and contacting them and trying them out or uh, other places too, like 99 Designs. You know, you can go right on there and you can check out what they've done before. And instead of doing a contest, just hire them directly through 99 Designs. Yeah. So it's like $330 yeah. in that case. Uh, well, but you already yeah. know what you're getting. So.
3: What's your success um, rate with DeviantArt? Art? Because I know there's a lot of people. I mean, I've contacted quite a few people who yeah. have been – they they've got good stuff up, but then it's like last active in 2013.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, for sure, it's like uh, you're going to contact 20 people and get like two or three responses. So that's the downside. Like a lot of people I know are like, oh, I just found an artist. I contacted him. I'm waiting anxiously. And I'm like, well, then you're an idiot. It's like applying for Book Club. <laughs> No, Wow, I applied for BookBub. Good, good job. Do it once a week for two years and then tell me you applied for BookBub for two years. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you applied once. It's not going to happen probably. Same thing with DeviantArt. <laughs> your, your chances of getting responses are pretty low sometimes. But but I found that, you know, uh, half, it may, maybe more like half reply, but but then out of the half, like, they each want $1,500. And that's awesome and they're totally worth it. Mm. But it's like I just can't afford that. If I'm going to do six books in a series and launch them all at once, that means I need six times 1500 right now. Come
1: on. <laughs> and so it, and then like and in then the new get, series you don't know you, whether it's going to pay for it i mean i'm sure actually exactly. yeah. yeah well
2: that's the nice thing about writing with michael anderley is like we know those books are going to pay for themselves so you can right off the bat pay for an awesome artist because you're like well i could pay this artist five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars whatever because i know i'm going to make that back in the first month easily uh and that's awesome and you know versus writing your own books and you just never know that's tough
1: <laughs> yeah yeah of course what about you dan what have you been working on
2: um, just cracking
3: away on edits for They Remain. Um, coming up to the end of that now, so I'm getting there. It's starting to take shape. It's, I'm getting to the point later on in the book of the editing part where you're just like, I'm ready for it to be done, but I'm also enjoying the process as it is now. Um, but yeah, I think it's taking good shape, and I'm aiming to have that done by next week and hand it into your lap so we can hopefully just get that out in the next couple of weeks or so. Well, maybe a month. We'll see.
2: How many How many words is that, if you mind me asking? Uh,
3: this one's 75,000 at the minute um i think it might stretch to about 80 but we'll see nice
2: that's Mm. good i like that and then when you guys say like
1: you're doing edits so do you do a lot of rounds of revisions i don't think we 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 try not to but um we sometimes do (laughs) (laughs) yes um...
3: we had one book which it was pretty much you wrote i edited you edited i proofread and it was out Mm. and then another one where we're kind of at the minute back and forth back and forth but i think it should be in a good state but it'll be about draft five won't it
1: <laughs> yeah which we don't know because do it takes too long I and mean, we would like to get to the point where we're kind of doing what, what streamlining you're doing. it yeah, yeah doing, doing sort of your thing just but um i don't know it seems too so hard maybe we just not, yeah maybe we have just being too critical i don't know i have no yeah, idea yeah it's tough on both sides like it yeah you could be too critical but it could also just be that it
2: depends where you're on the writing right like yeah, uh, yeah. definitely my first book took me six years so mm. there's <laughs> it's different yeah. compared to now where i write one in a month and have all this different processes going in that make it work a little bit better. But yeah. even then, like I wouldn't mind going back and spending some time. Uh, like what I like to do, if I had like unlimited time and still people just kept sending me paychecks, what I would do <laughs> is, yeah. is probably, sure. yeah. yeah, If I, you know, just like, a, what do they call that? Like in uh name of the wind, they have a thing or it's also that website where people can give you money. Oh, um,
1: steam it. What are you talking about? Oh, not
2: that, but it, uh, <laughs> oh, there's another one. Like where they're your, I'm forgetting it anyway. I'll come back to it later. It'll just pop in my the head. Patreon. But...
1: Patreon. Patreon, yeah. yeah or if yeah. I'm
2: there, my Patreon or vice versa, whatever it is, you yeah. know. <laughs> It'd be great if you could just like look back through your book, read through it, revise some sentences here and there. Like that's the process I like. And then you like realize, oh, some more emotion could have gone back three chapters ago. You go back, add in some emotional scenes.
1: Like that's <laughs> awesome. But uh, yeah, nowadays it doesn't work so well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, no. <laughs> I <don't laughs> I know. Know. Um, so I guess I've been, I've been, I've actually signed off on a book today, which is always quite nice to to do um and uh, we got a dog which is just Ooh. taking out all of my writing time well not all of it but uh, <laughs> just because there's so much work there's so much work and i kind of feel like if someone asks me if they should get a dog as a writer i say get a cat because cats are so much easier <laughs> just do their own thing and you just they need less of... attention too probably right oh mm-hmm. definitely yeah 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 um, i uh,
3: i babysat a dog for my nan about i don't know four or five months ago um just to test whether or not we were ready to have a dog. And yeah. by the end of that seven days we weren't ready to have a dog.
1: Yeah. How old how old was the dog? Oh about three, two okay. or three. Yeah, so still mm. still pretty active. And, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but peeing and pooing outside though, yeah? No. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> Strange environment. Yeah, enjoy yeah. It. Cool. Uh so I guess we've got to do the big whoops. Uh has anyone got anything cool that they've been reading, watching, seeing, doing, sniffing? Uh Justin? Uh
2: I haven't started yet, but I just saw the trailer today for uh the next Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of Wars, I think oh, it's called yes.
0: Middle Earth, yeah. Shadow
2: of the Next Lord of the Rings kind of game. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm super <laughs> stoked sweet. on that. Like I'm not a big gamer, uh, to be honest, but I like some games and like the Tomb Raider games that they recently did, the two reboots mm. by Crystal Dynamics and uh and then and then Shadow of Mordor. Like these are amazing games. Like you're watching a movie. You're playing the game. It's all part of one experience. There's no like, oh, now I got to hack and slash for two hours and it's boring as hell. You know, there's none of that. It's just it's awesomeness
1: all the way. And now, this new game looks like quadruple that. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of those sort of incredibly immersive, uh, filmic games. Like, I think they've been doing ever since that Metal Gear Solid 2 came out which was like three or four hours of cutscenes. i was like i'm enjoying this more than actually playing the game
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's, it's great like to with tomb
2: raider where it doesn't feel like the cutscenes really separate from the gameplay it mm. just feels like oh this is just more of the game cool you know yeah it's very similar it's, with um the last of us as well that's very yeah
3: yeah theatrical
2: yeah that story that's like. yeah, the good one yeah. Yeah, yeah what about you dan you
3: got a big whip <laughs> Um, My big whoop is that I've finally got around to doing something that I've been meaning to do for a while, which is read some of Chris Fox's um, nonfiction books for authors. Hmm. Um, Simply because I was just... I Well, I sit outside of my child's bedroom door for half an hour so that he doesn't run out of his bedroom and fall down the stairs every night. (laughs) And uh, I I finished the end of a book and realised that because I was on Kindle Unlimited I could just jump on and download one of Chris's. So I checked out Six Figure Author and Lifelong Writing Habits. And they're quite short reads, but they're definitely... To the point and has, It's not it's not really bloated. It's just the information that did you, do you need.
1: Like, did you um... in my
3: head? Okay,
1: <laughs> okay yeah, yeah so no, I, I enjoyed this one. I think I've done um, uh, six-figure offer or launch. No, launch the market. I've, I've read through, mm. which is really great. Um, yeah, because he's about
3: to launch a new one, isn't he? Which is relaunch your novel.
1: Yeah,
3: it's about reviving yeah. your old works. So it might have gone a bit stale.
2: It came out, didn't it, or is it up for pre-order? One of the two, I thought. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I think is it pre-order? I'm not sure. I saw I saw one of his posts about it. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't it's think in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's um really easy read. I thought it was had a lot of interesting stuff in there for especially six-figure author for people that are, um maybe looking at the best platforms to put their books on because I kind of like how he's just unapologetically I'm going to throw all my eggs into the Kindle basket, and yeah. just.
1: Kind of makes sense to go minute, wide. It? I think it kind of yeah. makes sense to go. Um, Especially for us, who sort of haven't got a massive sort of fan base, or a bunch of one mm-hmm. at all, uh, to go with like where there's already a fan base built in. Uh, just, just, are you wide on any of your books? Or are you all in on Kindle?
2: Uh, I'm wide on some. So, let's see.
1: On my teddy bear books, <laughs> oh
2: yeah. yeah, I figured those are so small and they don't like nobody really cares about Ku on those anyway. So uh, I went wide with those. I haven't really done a lot of promotion on it though it's just here and there whatever
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and then I have a couple of books that were picked up international markets and those are I guess you could call wide at that point because they're not just gonna publish on Amazon yeah, yeah they're gonna do in their bookstores and maybe Barnes & Noble too and all that I'm not really sure yeah so in that sense
1: yeah um, cool so I mean uh, so we've got some questions for you Justin if that's okay uh, we've got quite a few uh, and uh, feel free to answer or tell us to do one <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the last time we talked was like two years ago, believe it or not. And uh, wow. at the time you were you were working for Telltale. You were, I think, you had the false Redepiction series. You were working on the and the Ali Strom books. I mean, that was two years yeah. ago. So i was just kind of wondering, personally, that what are the biggest changes for you in the last two years in your writing life?
2: Yeah, that seems like forever ago, huh? <laughs> Well, that process that we were talking about, like where where, are um, you know, people have heard me talk on other shows. They're probably used to this. But basically now I've gotten much more to the point where I delegate and rely on others. Yeah. So instead of just trying to write the whole book and then spend some time away from it and then come back and revise it, revise it, spend some time. Now I, I write a first draft as quick as I can. When I'm about either a third or half of the way through, I send it either to one of my favorite beta readers or my editor, one of the two, whichever I feel like, because I haven't really figured out which one works better yet and then uh especially if i feel like it's more raw maybe i'll send it to the editor first so i don't offend my beta reader by giving her a piece of crap yeah <laughs> uh, and and then i just keep moving you know so that by the time she gets my edits back to me i have the rest of the book done or at least another chunk done that i can send and i just keep going like that and and that's helped out a lot and then whenever that one's done i send it to the other person either the beta reader or the editor and then when i'm done i have a an editor that looks over it once before i send it to a group of beta readers or you could call them just in time readers which is a big thing michael has done where it's like last minute, check for any final things that we just might've missed, you know, like typos or loopholes or whatever. Puffo, it was a
3: pun on your name.
2: Yeah, I yeah. I too. <laughs> <laughs> just in time yeah. Uh, readers. Yeah, so so that's kind of the new process that I've, I've, I love now. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't mind having more time to sit back and relax. And I think when I take a little bit more time to myself, I might try to do one of those on the side where I still do one of these a month, but then also try to write something that takes me like a year that I just spend time with, like, perfecting every single angle of it, like every sentence. I know it's insane. Like, they, in self-publishing, you don't think about doing something like that. But uh, I have a connection kind of through Brandon Sanderson's agent, who's one of my favorite writers, so being with his agent would be amazing. And, and he did look at some of my stuff at one point. And he's like, I see why you're being successful in the self-published world, but an editor from one of the top six is probably not going to uh, yeah. take this, which yeah. is, you know, makes sense, because they're looking for totally different things than the majority of readers of commercial fiction are looking for. But I do want to get to that point where I can go with the big six at some point also and have both streams of income so that if one month Amazon gives you a lower payment and you were counting on that payment, you still have the traditional houses giving you their royalty checks. And, you know, the idea is to have like 20 times more income a month than you actually need.
1: That'd be awesome. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So i the main the main thing that changes is probably process. So how many books have you put out in the last two years? Is that, that might be a bit of a random question for you, but...
2: I don't know. Yeah. According to... <laughs> Kindle, uh, report, was it? Something report, book report, mm. uh, book tracker, one of the two, whatever it is. Book report, right? According to them, uh, I have like 50 books out right now. So when we last talked, right I had like, yeah, <laughs> but that, that includes like the short, like middle grade books, you know, that are like a hundred pages each. Okay. So that's not much. That's like 30,000 words. Uh, it includes those. So 50, 50, books, including those. And when we last talked, I guess I hadn't published anything or I had just published Falls Redemption and *Alice John. I don't remember.
1: Uh, but, I, can't remember. Yeah. I think you were, I think maybe done the Forza Redemption stuff or you were republishing them in a different way or something like that. I, I can't really remember. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That might've been, uh, cause originally I did those as episodes and then I was like, wait, yeah. this isn't yeah. right. This doesn't fit. It's not a, no, it should be epic fantasy trilogy is it is meant to be. Yeah. Uh, and as I started off, so, so say, somewhere uh, around that range of 30 what, or 40 books, what would you say the biggest
1: successes. Uh, the biggest
2: well, of course successes? the Michael Anderle stuff, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, if I, if I ignore that because that's just a given, like, he touches something it turns to gold. He's that goose in the DuckTales movie. Yeah,
1: You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so if you ignore that, Falls of Redemption has definitely made me the most money, but it hasn't made like big money. Uh, that I rebranded it like we talked about. I put new covers on it. Um, at first I'd done some Fiverr covers, you know, like the $5, maybe $15 things. Yeah. And I'd done, I had a Filipino artist do some stuff at one point that I liked, but I didn't love. And so I totally redid all that and paid, uh, I did a, did I do a, 99 Designs? Oh, I did a 99 Design contest. I didn't think I liked any of them. I later, like six months later, saw somebody's book cover that I liked and said, hey, your book cover's awesome. Who did it? He sent it to me. I looked through his art and saw a cover that looked kind of like what I was going for and realized he, it was one he submitted to my contest that I rejected, apparently. So, <laughs> so <laughs> went back oh, and yeah. hired him to finish that one. And then I uh, ended up going with some other artists just through, like, you know, like I was saying, going through their lists uh, to do the, each of the individual books. So I had the individual books and the trilogy out. And then through like offering first book free uh, here and there, like one or two days a month, and doing promos on it through like Book Barbarian and whatnot, uh, that that book started paying off to like you know the thousand to two thousand dollar a month range. That series of books, those three, Uh, which is nice. You know, that's like you start to feel like a real author at that point. You know, when Mm -hmm. you're it's like making a dollar or two or a hundred or two a month, it's kind of like that's cool, it's money, but it's not like real money. And then you get to the side side side
1: (laughs) hustle at that point, and then uh yeah, it's the next level, isn't it? Yeah. What we say yeah, the biggest, biggest waste of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's that? What say the biggest time?
2: waste of time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know if I want to call it a waste of time. It's really not. I guess hmm, that's tough. I was gonna say like the the children's books. The you know because they're not as marketable. But like one of our series sold to French speaking countries and we made more money off of that than I made on all my books in the two years before I signed up with Anderle. Yeah. So you know you gotta. It's it's all it's tough, right? And then I did a lot of time on screenwriting and it seems like that for so long that doesn't pay off, but then all of a sudden we sell a script, and they're trying to get it into production by the end of this year, and it seems like it could actually happen, and wow. these little things. Like yeah. where it all seems like waste of time until it's not a waste of time, so oh, yeah, yeah. tough Everything's question. Everlasting.
3: Everything's everlasting.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I took a month off from my Michael Anderle books to focus on my book two of my werewolf vampire series, Hounds of God is the first one, and I wrote the second one and it came out after I had two books with Michael Anderle that are also vampire werewolves, so I thought well this is a given, you know, it's going to do well. And, like, nobody bought the book. So that feels like a waste of time. But maybe when book three comes out, everybody will buy the books. And it won't have been, so who knows? <laughs> yeah.
3: It seems that you've got, um, you say you've got about 50 books out. And they all seem to vary across different genres. Are you one of these people that you just write the things that you enjoy? Or is there kind of a strategy behind the stuff that you are writing?
2: Yeah, it's changed more recently, of course. Um, you know, it's the same idea with, like, where I always wanted to be not just a writer, but I wanted to write be a screenwriter, video game writer, and novelist. Same thing with books. Like I don't want to just be a fantasy guy because if I don't, if I feel like writing something, the like like you said, yeah, I'm one of those guys who writes whatever I feel like. Yes. <laughs> uh, but but I've been trying to change that slightly. And what I'll do nowadays is I'll maybe even get a cover for what I want to write and like put the outline down and then just put it in a shelf for someday when I know I'm going to be able to get to it. Because then I feel like I kind of accomplished something. I have the outline. I have the cover. It's gonna happen, <laughs> but I I will ignore it and focus on more commercial a- properties f- in the meantime. And when I feel like I'm at that point where I'm making like twenty times more a month than I need, I can bust out those books and do one for myself, and then go back and make some more money, and then do one for myself. You know, like uh, yeah. Entourage, one for them, one for me.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that, about the one for me, one for them model. How many yeah. is, how many of those um, <laughs> outlines have you got stored away, ready to go?
2: Uh, I mean, probably only like three or four. So it's not like insane. But I mean, I have a lot of other story ideas that I've locked away that I yeah. probably won't ever touch. Like at the time, they seemed really cool. I'll tell you guys one because I'm never gonna use it. <laughs> I thought it'd be really cool to do like a, uh, a Breaking Bad style thing of the, the Joker without calling him the Joker. But it's basically, it's based on this old story by Victor Hugo, I think it is, uh, whoever did The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hmm. And it's uh, the man who smiled too much or the man who laughed too much or something like that. And it's this kid who like they deform his face kind of like a Dog millionaire. And he comes across this girl, and there's a blind—the mom's blind, or the girl's blind, or something like this. And there's this whole like tragic story around it. So I was gonna make this love story where the girl gets taken and enslaved, and he has to rescue her, but in the process, you know, suffers a lot and goes through all this depression and basically starts losing his mind. But at the end, he just goes on this crazy rampage and like kills them all. So it's like Deadpool kind of. Deadpool is that the one thing? You know, one of those kind of things. Yeah, you can do that. You can do
1: that as a comic book. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. You don't, yeah so I, use, you don't have to use Joker. Yeah. I know you could use like. Uh, it's quite common practice nowadays to do a sort of um, like reskin the character, make your own version of him so people know who it is. Yeah. But it Exactly. Is that's really, what I was yeah. going to do. I was never
2: going to call him the Joker, but at the end, he'd be wearing like a purple suit and kind of yeah. just laughing about to go kill them all. And, but then, that, you know, for the market, that doesn't do anything for me. That's that's yeah. going to be the opposite of what I want. Like people are, who are read my current books, they want happy endings. They want fist pumping awesomeness the whole way through. They don't want to be depressed. And so if I release something like that, I'm probably going to lose half my audience and they'll never
1: come back to me yeah yeah well, those ones they just keep in the shelf <laughs> <laughs> so uh so you published all these books you published maybe 30, 30 books or something in the last like two years um I was going to ask do you think if you spent all that time working on one book would you have learned more about like writing and become a better writer doing that one book or do you think in the process of finishing and starting a new book and finishing starting a new book do you think you mean that's a uh that that's that helps you learn quicker (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's
2: pretty dumb of people to just focus on the same thing for years uh i had a buddy who was doing screenplays and so in the time that i wrote like 20 screenplays he just kept revising that same one over and over and you know it's like he'll go get notes and he'll revise it but it's like a lot of that's subjective you know you're revising based on somebody else's opinion and then you're revising off of somebody else's opinion But that doesn't mean it's right. So you might not even be revising in the right direction. And this kind of comes into my writing style where I feel like at some points in my writing career, I've kind of veered away from who I am. And I look back at Land of Gods in that series, especially the third book in that series, and I'm like, that was me. Who is this guy now? And I'll have to, like, try to go back and find myself again, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But in that first book I ever did, I did, you know, revise. Like I said, it took me six years, not just nonstop. I went off and I'd go, like. Write the ally strong books and then i'd come back to the falls of redemption and revise it some more and that was a kind of a cool process because uh, i started that in maybe it's more like five years i started in 2010 or 11 somewhere in there and then didn't publish until late 2014 15 16 somewhere in there i forget <laughs> might have been 2016. which book
1: was that sorry which was the one you spent uh La- land of gods okay and right. yeah, sequel yeah. to
2: it it was originally like one book that i then broke out into two and then added the third on yeah. Uh, which is why it's not as good of a book as it could be. Because if I was going to reapproach that now, you know, I would totally write book one as a, a book yes. instead of a book that's broken into. Uh, yes, I don't know if I answered your question there.
1: Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think <laughs> uh, Dan, you, you sent me a a video uh, about a month or two ago about the the seven habits of the highly effective artists. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he was saying that like eighty percent of the learning is done of like the learning of and improving is done. In the finishing and moving on to the next project yeah so it kind of feeds it it kind of feeds into that, that guy as well
2: yeah yeah because yeah. you can learn so much more in the like ne- the next six months or two years of working on other projects and then go back and revise that one versus mm. it, it it'd be a much harder learning process to and you would have wasted so much time you know you'd feel like if you just waited that year or whatever and then went back and revised you could have learned so much more that might have taken you like five years otherwise because you're not exploring and expanding your mind into new projects and new ideas and coming up with new thoughts or even story ideas you know if i go write my children's book about a girl with a magic amulet that came from the ring of solomon you know that's going to make me think about a whole set of different things and read a different set of books you know to think about that so that when i come back to my other series uh, i have all these other ideas flowing around in my head and a lot of times when you focus on something else too you start thinking about the other projects you know or if i go watch like Indiana Jones.
0: Want flexibility, Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance. Check out United Healthcare Insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh onecom dot com
2: I'll start thinking about my own books, even if it has nothing to do with that movie, just because your mind starts coming up with stuff and you're like, "Oh, what if you did that there?" And oh, that totally doesn't fit this at all. But in my book, that'd be perfect. you know this kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> How do you juggle
3: that because it sounds like there's a thousand ideas floating around in your head and outside of you know having to outline every single idea that come in and having to get a cover for every single book do you have like a notepad that you just literally just jot ideas down and then pick which ones you're going to elaborate a bit more on or what's your kind of process for that
2: yeah Evernote uh basically I just put everything in Evernote um I used to anyway I don't know if I, I haven't used Evernote in quite a while now. So, I think nowadays There's it's kind of gotten to the point where, yeah, <laughs> I have my main things that I like, my main ideas that are just kind of too strong in my head to ever go away. Like, I, or what I did the other day is I wrote a short of one of them. So, and I published it. So, that's my one. It's called, uh, I think it's called His Dark Knights or The Dark Knights. I forget. But it's basically vampire King Arthur Vampires, you know, because I thought that'd be kind of fun. I was like, I want to write a book that's King Arthur, but is a vampire. And Merlin um, was a sorcerer who, be, or a paladin who became a sorcerer when he got corrupt. So that's kind of like this, this interesting idea, right? So instead of yeah. spending time writing the book because I was in the middle of other stuff that's going to make more money for sure, I wrote the short story version of it and published that. And that way, if anybody else comes and writes it later, they can't be like, oh, you stole my idea!" But like, dude, that short story was there ten years ago, sucker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Easy. With um, see, you you cross a lot across. Sorry, you cross through loads of different genres. How does that affect your writing style? Because obviously, I've read um, Justice's Calling, which is your post-apocalyptic vampire thriller and it's very fast paced and it's very go 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 but then when you switch into your sort of fantasy stories they're commonly a lot more wordier a lot sort of they linger around a lot on the details and they're a bit lengthier how how do you find just hopping from one to the other
2: oh i just do it wrong yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) i i like to basically tell people too that that i don't really like the fantasy books that take too long like i love brandon sanderson he's like my epitome of what fantasy is, but I know some people really don't like what he did with the Robert Jordan books. Mm. Uh, are you guys still there? Just making sure. Cause yeah. it's kind of froze up.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, uh, coming through fine to us. Yeah. 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 He hears. Hello. Oh. Hello. Just then. Oh, I think he's frozen. He here <laughs> again. I can hear. you. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Uh Let's try. It's dropped off. Okay. How bizarre. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, sorry. Uh, she's in now. I was uh <laughs> looking over at the uh, thingy. Hey, hey mm. you back? Yes. Hey, cool. Um, so, lost you guys. Didn't yeah. you guys catch any of what I said, or should I just start over on that? So you're talking about like uh, differences in, in in prose styles, right? Between
2: yeah, you were saying about when I switch yeah. between the other question yeah. was about switching and
1: genre stuff. So yeah, should I yeah. stop back in there?
2: Do you, yeah, start that one again. I think if that's if that's all right with you.
1: Okay, are you recording already? Yeah, oh yeah so we're, we're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. So basically, I kind of switch genres all the time without switching styles. Unfortunately, maybe to my detriment, right? Uh, so <laughs> a lot of times I'll write. Uh, you know, the kids' books will feel quite similar to my adult books, minus any kind of possible swearing or sexual references. Mm. Uh, but as far as, like, the tone and the, the – or as far as, like, the, uh, the pacing and the, the, the voice even maybe to a degree, uh, they're pretty similar. But for fantasy too, I like, you know, Brandon Sanderson's style that's a little more fast-paced and less description-heavy. Uh, versus like Robert Jordan, who's all about like the world building and taking like five years uh, of chapters <laughs> yeah. before from going from like he'll just go from the house to the store and it takes like five chapters. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Why is this taking so long? Yeah. And people love that. Some people are going to hate me for saying that. <laughs> but but I'm much more of like the fast paced uh, kick butt style of story writing. Um, and even like like you read some people, uh, some of these self-published authors. And this is why I'm starting to love this, because. They're not bogged down by the big six telling them what they need to do. You know, like these editors who think they know what, they, what the readers want, but there's all these readers out here like me who don't want that crap. So you'll get some awesome authors like P.T. Hilton and Will White who are writing fantasy, but it's keeping me engaged. and It's not full of all this flowery prose that's boring me or just dropping all this world building information on me. You know, like they they give it to you in little bits throughout the story. And so that's what I do with my own writing. I basically just write what I want to read. Uh, even if I know some fantasy readers will read that and be like, well, it's it's only like 80,000 words and it's uh, not full of all this world building. So I don't like it. <laughs> well, go read Robert Jordan then. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be better if I got a little bit more of that. And if and I say that, but when I when I brought up this point to Chris and Lee uh, with the Age of Magic stuff, uh, they they both called me out and said, what are you talking about, dude? They're totally different. Um, like not trying to pat me on the back, but telling me I'm wrong. They're like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> so I might be seeing it through like some kind of weird lens on myself, you know, like the, the mirror doesn't match what's really there. Mm. Uh, but in my mind, the pacing and all that stays pretty similar.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, in terms of like the, you're doing all this writing and production, um, how how much time are you spending writing and how much time are you spending marketing?
2: Uh, so what I've tried to do nowadays is write in the morning and market at night. You know,
0: because I'm too
2: tired at night anyway, usually. So sometimes if I'm feeling up for it, I'll try to write a little bit like the other day. Yesterday, the day before, I think I went out there and tried to write for about 45 minutes. And then when I started nodding off, what I'll do is (laughs) put a movie on and do marketing while I'm watching the movie because movies will keep me awake. Uh, So if I put on. Even if it's a movie I've seen before, like I'll put on Pirates of the Caribbean and I know that's fun. I know what's happening and there's music <laughs> that's pumping me up and the dialogue's funny, but I'm kind of used to it. So it could be almost white noise. The music is so uh, good in that as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite soundtracks for writing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So then that helps me to get through like two hours of marketing, even when I would be nodding off otherwise. And then, yeah, writing in the morning, I try to get some writing in on the weekends. Like my wife, I'll, I'll usually watch the kids for the first three hours while she sleeps in and then she'll wake up and give me like two hours to write. So that works out really well. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: What um, what defines success for you? Because you've got your sort of fast-paced genre fiction stuff you're doing with Michael Anley. You say earlier that you you'd like it more time to do sort of the lengthier projects. You've gone into obviously your your game stuff, your screenwriting. What is it that you see as the end goal in the long run, or do you not really have one of those? Is just sort of just take it as it comes and see what happens?
2: oh I've already accomplished them all. you are complete (laughs) I'm complete I I really feel that way in some levels because when I started writing I started writing in a large part because I love the Game of Thrones books Mm -hmm. and then I got to work on Game of Thrones at Telltale and so this was like this big full circle where I'm like well all right, job done I did it (laughs) but there's some other properties out there like that that I would love to work on Um, you know there's big things like I wouldn't I would definitely love to go work do a screenplay or two at Disney or Pixar or something like that. That'd be awesome.
1: I remember you uh, saying uh, Pixar was a big one for you. Are you yeah. Still, still feeling that? Or have you moved still, on? Still, I was
2: on an eight year goal. I said an eight year goal around that same time we talked last time. So I got six years left on it. So okay, we'll see. Sure. We'll do a
1: podcast every <laughs> two years and we'll, we'll, we'll update each other on Pixar. Check, Check out yeah. Pixar.
2: Exactly. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. So I, there's some things that have been happening that I can't talk about that are like more similar to that, which are pretty exciting. So we'll see what happens if that does happen. Uh, I officially, people probably heard my podcast where I went full time like three or four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it was about a little month, about a month ago, a month and a half ago. Yeah. So I went full time, and then like two weeks after that, or a week after that, a video game company recruited me, and it was too cool of an opportunity, so I said yes. So <laughs> I'm back in the office. <laughs> yeah. You, uh... So I, I went full time. I achieved that goal, and then I said, okay, I'm done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how How long yeah. were you a full time offer before before the game contract came in? By how oh just hours. like a week and they how wanted to hire me this? right away too i said
2: oh hey give me a month and they said no we got a week will you do it and i said uh all right yeah <laughs> it was really yeah i was hoping to get like two or three books done in that time i was just gonna mm-hmm. be like hardcore and try to bust out like two or three and have them ready to go uh but yeah the job is exciting and it's working with some people that i love and uh working on properties that i love so it's 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 pretty cool um but you know it's i don't think of it like a job i think yeah, of it as yeah. i'm a full-time writer and this is another writing thing that i do during the day yeah of
1: course, um, but
2: yeah. so going back to your question though like yeah the full-time thing where i'm pulling in huge amounts of cash and just being able to write whenever i feel like it that's still definitely something i'll probably do for the majority of my life from now on i would think yeah
1: and that's like the goal do you uh, do you enjoy writing do you enjoy do you prefer video game writing or or one over the other uh, yeah. I, when I was at Telltale,
2: somebody asked me this question. He said, what are you? Are you a screenwriter, a video game writer or a novelist? You know, because it, same thing with like genre. What genre do you write? People love to ask those kind of questions because they don't yeah. understand that anybody can be more than one thing. But anyway, the answer that popped into my head immediately, you know, like those psychology tests, first thing that comes to your head. Yeah. Uh, without even thinking about it, I was like, I'm an author. Uh, and, and I feel like that's definitely more what I enjoy doing. It's more where I feel my mind is at. It's more what I feel is the prestige level because it's all you. You know, when you're, when you're an yeah, author, yeah. you're the one who wrote that book. It's your ideas. Mm-hmm. You're coming up with the cool stuff. Your voice is what's connecting to the audience versus if it's video games or a movie, you have directors in there, you have the animators, you have all these different things that are interpreting the story into different ways, translating the stories into different ways that might totally change how the actual end result plays out, you know, even if it still feels like your vision, there's all these different levels of things that can be connecting with the audience versus if it's a book, it's like you wrote those words and those characters and that's what's connecting and changing people's lives
1: yeah yeah so i mean uh is there any other mediums that you're looking to break into so uh you've done games you you i think you're doing a film thing as well uh are you able to talk about that anymore or is that all hush hush uh we
2: well the one thing we adapted the sean platt screenplay uh sean oh, yeah, and of i course, did
1: yeah threshold right or is it the other one it was crash crash uh, sorry. yeah yeah uh, oh, and we turned into
2: direct and they're going to retitle probably before we shoot it um so that when they have some actors they have this the cool guy they have this this lady who's on expanse right now she's on expanse season two anyway uh yeah and they have a director that i think is attached who was this pixar guy for a little while a few years um or maybe a lot of years i forget but uh yeah so they're getting people on it which is exciting
1: right but you know
2: you never know what'll happen in hollywood and it's an indie studio so i don't know if you will call it even hollywood but you never know what'll happen in movie land (laughs) (laughs) uh but fingers crossed it sounds like it's gonna happen so that's really cool And then there's another project that we adapted. P.T. Hilton and I adapted John L. Monk's uh, novel Kick, which is an awesome story about jumping bodies and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, and that one a lot of companies were interested in. And then we did a shopping agreement with this production company. And so that could go well. We've also been uh, approached by somebody who would like to uh, – he says he has all these connections with Amazon, you know, how Amazon does their original content. Yeah, yeah. So
1: studios, yeah
2: claims that they would love to make that end of a TV series, but we have the shopping agreement with these other companies. So we can't really go that route anyway. But if we, if the shopping agreement ended, and we wanted to part our ways, we could maybe talk to that guy. So there's cool things happening, but you never know when they actually or if they will ever happen. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah. And So is there any of the mediums like um, comic books or anything that you maybe you want to work for Marvel sometime? Or, or is that just not on your radar?
2: P.T. Hilton and I applied for the DC Writers Workshop. Oh yeah,
1: I know a guy who 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 does it. Who did it actually, Ryan Lindsay. Um, Nice, nice. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, So it's something you're looking into.
2: Yeah, so we would we would love to win that or be part of that. You know, get accepted to that program and play in that realm for me. And also, there's actually somebody we've been talking with about turning some of our books into graphic novels, especially like this uh, Justice is Calling and those ones. So that'd be really cool. Uh, it'd be like less of our work. It'd be more like somebody producing them and getting all the money for us, which would be nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so i like i like that aspect of it or like the work for hire where you like write the comics like they pay you lots of money or some money i don't know it depends some people say you get paid pretty well some people say it's horrible Did you see so the, it probably um, just depends so, on what someone, level um, you are in that world like if you're super sought after or not yeah someone, but, uh, but yeah i love i love comics i love this whole aspect and what i'm working on now is uh marvel stuff so it's very much connected you know i'm getting to know all the characters and their backstories and there's some really cool backstories you know in these comics like some people just like they do with video games, they'll
1: like blow off com- Hello. I think we hello. I think we might have lost them again. Hello. You still hear me down, yeah? Yeah, I can hear you, hear you. Okay, cool. That's uh uh <sighs>
3: So it's annoying when you're talking and it goes in it because then it's like how long have I been talking for to no one?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, what were we just talking about? Uh, so it'll be the Marvel comic bits. Yeah. <coughs> uh, hello. Hey, Justin. Hello.
2: <laughs> Don't know what's going on
1: there. No, Stupid. it's all right. Um, so you, we're still recording, by the way. So you were just saying uh, you're getting to work with some of the Marvel properties, so you're getting used to the uh, the backstory of some of these characters.
2: Yeah. 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 So I'm getting to work with uh, this Marvel stuff and the backstories of some of these characters and getting to know like what the worlds are all about and all these uh, intricate plot details that go into these stories. And, you know, it's it's amazing. It's just like the best novel series out there or the best movie series or TV series. Uh, Same thing with comics. They have so many different uh, directions and deep storytelling that it's stupid for people to ignore them. And it definitely is something that a lot of writers should aspire to try at some point. The big difference is you got to learn how to write very concisely right mm. and that's could be a challenge and that's one reason i want to try it too is because i like i like that style of writing and i want to i always like to expand my horizons a little bit so when i did the ucla screenwriting program i did sitcom writing because i wasn't really a comedy writer i didn't know anything about <laughs> sitcom writing um so i figured that way i'd learn the most because it was something i knew the least about and and similar concepts it's fun to try these things i would never want to do documentaries or anything like that I've applied for those kind of jobs in the past and you start looking at the job description and you're just like oh my god kill me (laughs) some people love it no offense I'm just saying it's not for me um and I can't really think of anything else out there that I would want to try either but who knows Mm. what does a um an average writing day look like for Justin Sloan because obviously like you
3: say you went full time for a a week and then (laughs) now you're back into the grip of things I know that there are a lot of people out there who feel like they can't find the time to write and then there are people like you and everyone else that's partnering the big ethereum gambit universe that are finding these pockets of time to produce a lot a lot of work um yeah. what what's an average writing day for you
2: yeah and i would say for those people go listen to my episode with steve campbell on his uh, podcast um what's that called the author biz and that was like the whole thing is about that basically like fine with like low resources and low time and all that because uh, mm. at one point that was me uh, and so even now, yeah, I have a two year old and a four year old and, you know, a job again and a wife and all this stuff, uh, lots of debt and all these things that hang over your head. <laughs> you know, it, it all adds up. And so it's tough. And so for me, it's like I'll get up. I try to get up at like four or four thirty and write until my kid wakes up, my son, because he likes to wake up early. If I'm lucky, he'll sleep till 630. Sometimes he'll wake up at five and then I get nothing done because that's basically enough time to wake, get some coffee and try to clear my head and I'll sit down and then ah, up. <laughs> sounds like my kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, but sometimes I get the time. in, so I feel like it's still worth waking up because you never know if you'll get it. And when I get it, and I probably get it more times than not. Uh, but yeah, so that's part of my writing schedule. And then I'll get on the train to go to work and I'll write for another half hour, 20 minutes, half an hour there. Um, and then and then at the end of the day, like right, I said, like, maybe I'll try to get another half hour to an hour at the in the evening if I'm awake enough, which is doubtful, because we get the kids. We, we try to put the kids in bed by 7, 730, but they don't fall asleep until like 9, 930, right? <laughs> so, at that point, your head's already nodding off, and you've been listening to like this peaceful lullaby music in the dark, and it's so hard <laughs> to wake up after that, right? But I try to force myself to, and then I'll, I'll try to write for like half an hour, an hour, just do like a sprint, right? Just jump in there and do whatever I can as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll like I said just do some marketing but, but that differs wildly from when I was full-time of course because <laughs> uh, I would still try to wake up kind of early but I realized if I wake up too early then later in the day I was dead right I couldn't write as well because I'd just be falling asleep um, so I'd wake up more like at 530 or 6 and if I could get writing in I wood, if not no big deal uh, and then I would go right to one cafe for two hours take like a half-hour break uh, write at another cafe for two hours like go work out grab lunch Maybe do something else for like half an hour to an hour that would just relax, you know? Because at first I tried to work throughout the day, and I would just for two or three hours just be fighting myself to fall asleep or not to not fall asleep. And so mm-hmm. that was a waste of time. So I realized you need like a good hour or two break in there that you're just not going to write, and you need to acknowledge that you're not going to write. And then I try to hop back on again for another hour or so before I went and pick up the kids at daycare, and that was an awesome schedule. But uh, but but like I said, it's it's tiring, uh, you know. And then if you're if you're doing that and you're not writing and getting words on the page you just feel guilty because you know that your whole paycheck now is really relying on that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's tough, but I think you got to realize that it's okay to write for five or six hours a day and be good with that. How many words does that average out as a day? Uh, well, so I probably write anywhere from a thousand to 2000 words an hour, I guess. Mm. Um, so cool. if I'm, if I'm doing it as I do now, like maybe I'll get two hours in a day if I'm lucky. So that could be as much as 4,000 words. It's usually less because those stop and start things like that, it's hard to get as many words out because uh, you take a few minutes to try to think about things and whatnot. Um, but when I was doing it full-time like that, I think it would be like seven or 8,000 u- words usually. Wow. Yeah, it's A nice working day then. Yeah. yeah, it's great. If you do the math on that, like if you're doing 8,000 words a day, even just 20 days a month, uh, and then maybe getting an extra couple here and there on the weekends, that's pretty awesome, you know. <laughs> like you are going to get some good. You are going to get at least yeah. two books done a month if you are doing them like sixty thousand words. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. Uh, so um, we, we're steaming through. So I've only got uh, one more question really uh, before the quick fire round. what um, about you, Dan? Um, but so, what what podcasts are you listening to? What what blogs are you frequenting? And and um, what are you? How are you learning more about the business, as it were? Uh, lately. I haven't been doing that as
2: much. It's more like the groups, you know, like yeah. I'll be part of Michael and crew. So we have a Slack group where we chat about stuff, but then there's like the Facebook group, the 20 books to 50 K, which is amazing. And you find some great people in there. And then some people split off and do little side groups in there. So that's, that's awesome. Um, but mostly it's like, just, I have all these author friends now because once you start doing it, you start connecting with people after a while, you just get lots of great author mentors, I guess you can call them, you mm. know, just ping them and be like, Hey, what's going on here. But, but when I was trying to get more into it, like you know, script note, script notes, yeah, that's yes, like the, greatest, yeah, the best yeah. screenwriting. Yeah, with John August and Craig Mazin. Uh, uh, the author biz, you know, like I mentioned, is cool. The uh, what's the uh, Lindsay Baroker one? The science fiction fantasy marketing podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, of course, the self-publishing formula podcast is pretty good. The Mark Dawson, and uh, I, I used to listen to SPP quite a lot, self-publishing podcast. I don't think I have in quite a while, though. I don't know why. Um, I like those guys. I think because they talk a lot and like have fun a lot, which is cool if that's what you're looking for. So like when I was on my commute and just trying to like pass the time, that's awesome. But now if I'm just trying to learn something real fast, I don't really want all the banter in between. Yeah. Uh, so great for people if you want some fun and feel like you're hanging out with some cool guys. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm just trying to listen for like five minutes to get some information, like uh, rocking self-publishing podcasts was great.
1: Uh, yeah. Your guys' is show obviously awesome. Is, is, simon still doing? is simon still doing rocking self-publishing because I've, I've not I'm i don't know. did long he long stop now. i don't know i, I think hmm. he had a maybe had a couple of weeks break and then i just sort of forgot to read download or update the, the feed um yeah I, I was just
2: trying to click on it right now just to see and for some reason it just started playing instead of uh letting me see <laughs> because i heard the intro to his podcast just now that's what it is i hope it's not copyright and you guys are getting in trouble <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah dan have you got any, any more questions before we go into the quick fire round uh, as always
3: a thousand but i think i'll probably save it for another show if you ever want to come back on justin
2: oh cool. I, I was happy to I'm gonna, <laughs> well, you're the next year in. or two i'm gonna schedule a lot in two of stuff yes
1: yeah. two years time yeah. Yeah. In, so cool yeah i'll be at pixar yeah <laughs> <Cool>. yes <laughs> uh okay so quick fire round we've got uh 10 questions for you uh feel free to answer feel free to not to uh you've got like five seconds to answer each one so uh, no pressure uh are you ready yes <laughs> daniel take the first one Uh, Go
3: for it. What's your
2: biggest hobby outside of
3: writing?
0: Ah,
2: see, this is hard. I don't have a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) I do family and I guess watching movies or playing video games. Uh, Cats or dogs? Mm, My daughter hates dogs with a passion, so if I have to have one, probably be a cat, but I like dogs. Collab or solo solo writing? Uh, Collab with a bunch of asterisks thrown after that. (laughs)
1: Uh, Harry Potter or Frodo Baggins? Of course, Harry Potter.
2: I'm a nerd <laughs> of the younger generation now, but I love Frodo Baggins also. That's really tough. But I, I, I think I, I know it's supposed to be but I think I put Harry Potter at like one of my top favorite IPs with Game of Thrones and a couple other things. And Lord of the Rings is like right below that after the top three or four. So, oh. what, what was the last book you read? Uh, I actually just read something. Um, well, let's throw out there because I can remember it. Uh, Rise of Walker's Timebound. That was a lot of fun
1: uh the one person you'd like to meet
2: George R R Martin
1: your favorite place to write
2: uh, i will not say starbucks because that's where i write a lot but it's not my favorite uh, germany in a bar that's really cool with a big beer that that was a, i actually did that it was quite fun like when i was at business <laughs> trips we'd go to this bar all the time it has these big oak oak beams with like this cool candlelight style uh, lighting and that was an amazing place to write novels
1: cool uh, favorite writer Oh, George R. R. Martin,
2: uh, definitely Brandon Sanderson, maybe yeah, those two guys.
0: Yeah.
1: Your favorite alcoholic beverage? Uh, Guinness. Uh, so the 10th question was actually we've already asked you is, is would you come back on the show? But you're already scheduled huh? in, so. Yeah. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so where can we follow you in your work, Justin?
2: Uh, yeah, so easily is uh, dot com, or you can email me justinsloanauthor at gmail.com um twitter is more confusing because i put my middle initial in there so it's at justin m sloan uh, facebook is also justin sloan author so facebook.com slash justin sloan author any of those happy to chat uh, i usually try to get back to people i used to be really good at getting back to people i still like i said try but it's gotten to the point where finally i'm so overwhelmed that it's hard to remember to sometimes so mm-hmm. feel free to if i ignore
1: somebody just ping me again because i probably didn't mean to ignore you yeah and check out Justin's uh, podcast the creative writing career podcast it's really good i've listened to it for about well, about two years actually uh, since we last spoke awesome um, thanks yeah it's been going on
2: for something like that probably i started no maybe like a year and a half yeah because i think i started in uh october wait oh my god is this may already yeah yeah so a little over almost two years wow yeah
1: crazy uh, so yeah so um, a quick thanks to Disaster peaks for the intro and outro music ACAST for hosting the podcast the listeners for listening uh, patrons over at patreon.com and thanks to Dan my co-host for being here because he without you i would be alone um, and thank you again to Justin Sloan thanks so much though. Hey, thank you guys for me. we
3: hope you enjoyed this episode of the story studio podcast still hungering for some podcast goodness then why not check out our other show the other stories oh And did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute eh? Anyway, toodle pip.
0: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching.